Uh, right, hello everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Adrian Boothy. I'm the head of trading here at TrendSignal. And as ever, I'm joined with Jerry Miller, our chief analyst. Hi, Jerry. Uh, morning to you all. Hello. Hi. So it is the 24th of August 2020. And in today's podcast, we're going to take a look at really what's been happening over the, well, really since last time. Um, and uh, look at some of the main events. Uh, we'll look at what's been happening on the markets, the changes that have taken place over the week. Um, and I guess a bit of an in-depth look into really what's been driving uh, the stock market as we move into uh, new uh, sort of record highs in the US. So, uh, but perhaps it's not all quite as rosy as it may seem. But Jerry, uh, why don't you kick us off uh, with a bit of a, a summary of what's what's been going on? Uh, okay, yeah, fine. Um, yeah, record highs in the US. I'm, I'm sure you've all seen the headlines. Uh, the S&P uh, uh, touching another record high. I think it was Tuesday last week. At the same time, Apple mm. uh, hitting uh, $2 trillion. It's uh, it is extraordinary. I mean, we, uh, we we can talk about the the whys and wherefores in a second, but uh, those were the headlines. Um, and I and I think um, um, as we discussed before in these uh, workshops, these podcasts, that uh, um, a lot of it defi defies a lot of bearish traders' logic, um, and and those people tend to sort of forget that, that the stock market is not the real economy. And when and when you see all these headlines, you think, well, hang on a second. How come all of this is happening with collapse in gross domestic product, uh, all sorts of uh, people being mm -hmm. furloughed and made redundant uh, when the stock market's going through the roof? Uh, that's uh, the, the, and, and the answer is, well, the economy can misfire. You can get really poor data. Uh, but if uh, the participants think that the outlook for shares is positive, they'll buy. <laughs> and Yeah. Well, we've discussed as well the fact that there's very little sort of alternative for investors at the moment. And can you just explain that there'll be some news listeners since we covered this last time, Jerry, but what, what does that mean? There is no alternative um, to the stock market. Well, uh, for, for most people, um, we, you can't invest in um, sovereign bonds. Uh, some people might invest in corporate bonds, but the returns are nothing like the returns uh, that you get um, uh, investing in shares. And that's really what the central banks are wanting investors to do they want mark money to be put to work they don't want it to be saved uh, and a lot of the returns it will get on bonds uh, especially if you buy sovereign bonds and hold them to maturity you're you're going to be guaranteed a loss of capital uh, so they're actually giving a negative yield or a negative return uh, so when what we what we mean by uh, there is no alternative the only place to put your money apart from shoving it under the bed leaving it in a bank and getting no interest on it at all. Uh, really, mm. the only thing you could do is put it into into shares. Yeah. And we've seen, um, you know, last week was a bit down, just to give us a bit of a run through, but some of the indices were down last week. The S&Ps was up, down unchanged. Um, but there's a very different picture within uh, that stock market, wasn't there, Jerry? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was a, it, it, it's, it's a bit of a sort of a, a mixed bag, really. The, the European markets had a bit of a tougher time. Uh, the FTSE was down 88 on the week, which is about 1.5%. DAX down 136 points, just over 1%. Uh, and in uh, the Far East, the Nikkei, for example, that was down, what, 370 points, which is just under 1.6% down. And the reasons being a lot of it's down to sort of currency uh, related issues, but also European markets uh, suffered from uh, some fairly poor manufacturing and services PMI data, Adrian, that came out on Friday. Mm. Um, and actually the UK, wow, a bit of a standout. I was going to uh, say, not all of Europe, not all of no, Europe, that's, that's right. for sure. That's right. right, didn't we? So, so if you look at the calendar for, so you can see that it's the, it's the 
eurozone wide see, numbers yeah. yeah so that's these so it's 51.7 versus 52.7 expected and on manufacturing and services below quite quite considerably below and yet we yeah. were quite considerably above in our services yeah. that's all yeah. isn't it that, that's right but we've come from uh, a, an even lower base uh the uk is suffering probably one of the worst contractions uh, in gdp across the uh, g7 mainly because of the way our economy operates it's very consumer driven uh consumer spending driven as it were and it's um and it's recovering sharply from those depths and that, that represents those recoveries so 60.1 it's a, a massive jump in services compare that with the eurozone uh, 50.1 it, it definitely a bit of a miss there and i think that's what sort of softened the euro um, at the end of last week um, which um uh, is not surprising really but you've also got you know, Do you think um, um, the, the the sort of the infections, the increase in COVID infections in Spain, France, and and perhaps Germany as well? Do you think that's having an impact on that data? Uh, I think it's starting to impact it, uh, certainly because uh, obviously that's things, isn't yeah, it? that's right. So we're talking about July manufacturing and services data, uh, and at the beginning of July it was all quite okay, but things have been picking up over the last month. So what are we now, the 24th of August? So really in the latter part of July, early August, things started to sort of climb and, and now they are starting to worry uh, the authorities somewhat. So, uh, but you have got regional lockdowns uh, and I think that'll start to impact some of the economic data. Uh, and it's a little more worrying as, uh, especially as we're seeing the schools going back and mm. I, I guess any further general lockdown measures are eased. So at the same time, whilst we're having regional lockdowns, we're having the general lockdown measures eased as well. Uh, so it, 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 they're not mutually exclusive. You know, you can have both of them happening at the same time. But I think that's what's a concern. And in fact, yeah, I think one 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 thing that I read uh, in the UK about schools going back, which I I have an interest in for my kids and. Uh, it's saying that you know they might have to be a bit of give and take you know if the if, if if it's trying to increase they, they they find that going kids going back to school is extremely important and a priority so that will go they will go back to school and they may have to close something else down elsewhere in order to allow for um the kids to go back yeah um well it would be madness yeah it'd be madness to close schools and let people go to a cinema for example or go to a pop concert or whatever they're doing. I mean, no, I, I, I think uh, we, we discussed that before, and I think that's um, that, that is very important. So we've had the Dow um, have a bit of a rally um, over well since since the beginning of this week, really. So uh, big had a jump up, had a bit of a buy signal on Friday's close, and here we are, good sort of 150, about 250 points rather uh, up uh, since then. Um, why are we up this week on stocks, uh, Jerry, so far? I say this week. Uh, I think, well, uh, so far this morning, it's on the back of sort of more positive uh, um, outlook. Uh, they're, they're looking forward to this thing called the Jackson Hole Symposium on Thursday and Friday. This is when all the central bankers are getting together to getting together for their, well, what is turning out to be a, a, a virtual reality or whatever you want to call it, remote online uh, gathering, but it's still called the Jackson Hole Symposium and that's sort of exciting them. And the markets actually, uh, so after the European market shut on Friday, the US markets really did power ahead. And I think that's what's yeah. given a bit of um, impetus to the whole thing. And then the Far East, Hang Seng, they get all quite positive, really. So it's given a good start to the week. 
I noticed that uh, there's been uh, read an article about Trump um, approving some sort of some sort of drug approval trials or something like that. I have to read a bit more into it, but uh, um, so being pu really pushing the FDA in order to approve something there. So I guess he's having to probably make some quite push, pushy calls to help push himself back up the polls, mm -hmm. isn't he? Cause he's, yeah. Uh, uh, what, what what we've all got to realise is that we've now got about nine weeks to go to the presidential elections on the 3rd of November. And he, he's going to try and do anything that he can to frustrate the Democrats and also give himself a greater chance. And one of the things he's talking about is basically uh, changing the rules so that the uh, vaccine developed by Oxford University and AstraZeneca can be made available in October, a month before mm -hmm. the election, to the US uh, so that they can start inoculating people. He's looking for some quick wins ahead of um, uh, the the election and uh, he'll, he'll do anything he can. I mean, he'll literally do anything he can. I listened to uh, something fascinating last week, which was talking about Biden um, and his history, because I think he's tried to you know, run for presidency or the, 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 the party nominee three or four times now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's been defeated a number of times at various stages. and. Um, a lot of the, the sort of defeats that have come through have been more about um, this sort of positions. So um, various times over the last sort of 20 years, people have wanted something different. So Trump was almost anti-establishment, anti-political anti establishment in a way, wasn't he? Whereas now uh, the argument is people like the idea of Biden because he's a very safe pair of hands. He's a, um, he's a politician. He's been in this for, I don't know, 50 years or something silly. Um, and he really knows what to do in a time where with COVID uh, around, we, 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 we they probably need him uh, perhaps more than ever is really what it's thought of. Whereas in times when he went up against uh, Obama, that really wasn't uh, the, um, the view that people it. wanted at that time. People wanted something different, something fresh, uh, something new, um, which was not what Biden represented. Uh, whereas perhaps that's, that is what people want now. It's interesting. Uh, ironic, ironically, Trump will probably make uh, an attack on that and be accusing Biden of being a career politician, which effectively he is. He's been in Congress since 1974 or something like that. So, um, but I do sense that the Democrat Party, uh, Democratic Party, are a lot more organised and, and there's a lot more unity this presidential election than was uh, four years ago. Uh, and I, I just think I think Trump's got it, got his work cut out. Eight percent down in the polls. A lot of these, what the so-called key battleground states, he, he's struggling. Uh, mm. So he needs anything to disrupt the whole flow, the whole, the, you know, the trend at the moment. And he'll do what he can. And 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 this, uh, the Republican National Convention that happens this week will be requiring to see. I mean, I I, I just you know, expect the unexpected is my mantra. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially with Trump at the helm, that's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, what about the FX markets? Um, Euro dollar relatively unchanged, pound pretty un uh, unchanged against the dollar as well, Jerry. Uh, yeah, although um, the euro was quite um, steady um, um, early on in the week, but we had some, you know, relatively um, disappointing. Well, if you're in the markets, disappointing news from the Federal um, Open Market Committee. Their minutes basically. Uh, sort of pulling back from more monetary stimulus, which caused uh, stock markets to wobble on um, Wednesday evening and Thursday. Uh, consequently, the dollar also recovered a little bit. So you've seen a little bit of a, uh, a rebound in the dollar against the euro. But 
look at it today. You know, the the, the dollar is giving ground again. The euro's um, catching, slightly covered um, half its losses from Friday already. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, and commodities, uh, Jerry. Um, well, gold. Yeah, another bout of profit taking, but not on the sort of same level of uh, of a week previously when it had its biggest dollar fall, not percentage fall, but dollar fall in its history. Uh, we had another move on Thursday, on Wednesday, was it Wednesday? Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Uh, and that was the same reason, really, a bit of profit taking. But each time you see these falls, straight back up again. It, it fell on yeah. the previous Wednesday, back up again, fell last Wednesday. There's no follow through. Uh, and so, you know, my own my own view of gold is that, well, I'm not a massive fan of it. It does remain pretty well supported, Adrian, uh, in any sell-off, uh, at least for now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and oil uh, is just, um, well, just eer almost yes. eerily tight ranges at the moment. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's barely worth talking about right now, isn't it? And that really is, I mean, you're looking at a four hour, but on a daily, it's even more um, sort of yeah. range bound. And um, it's just weighted to the fortunes of the stock market. Uh, and I think, uh, if anything, perhaps the rising tide of infections in Europe um, eventually might have an impact. But for now, they don't seem to have dented the oil price as much. But then again, nothing seems to have spurred them on either. So we're in this yeah. sort of, I don't know, it's, it's not the most interesting market at the moment. Uh, no. Um, what is interesting is something we wanted to just talk a little bit about uh, today. We've got a couple of minutes before we have to finish off, Jerry. But uh, we talked about market breadth. You know, the subject for today's session was um, all your eggs in five baskets. Um, what? Um, you know, this is all about the, the tech stocks uh, and the mm -hmm. S&P hitting a record high, Jerry. Do you want to just give it a bit, a bit of a summary there? Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it? So a record high in the S&P 500. That's the big main index that everyone follows. It's the uh, the 500 top companies in the United States uh, by market capitalization, i.e. what they're worth, what their capital value is. Uh, and well, they've, the, the stock index has performed incredibly well since the what I call the COVID-19 swoon in March. Uh, and last Tuesday, mm. as I mentioned at the beginning of this piece, uh, markets closed at a record high, but have since surpassed that level, as we've already discussed. But it's worth looking at uh, in more detail at the sectors and stocks which have propelled this advance. The tech heavyweights, and you know what I'm going to say, we used to call them the FANGs, uh, F-A-A-N-G. The N for Netflix really should be replaced by uh, Microsoft. Those five stocks account for nearly 20% of the market capitalization of the whole S&P 500. So out of 500 stocks, you've got a hundredth of them account for 20% of the index. So... Yeah, Apple shares, for example, uh, you know, we've talked about them hitting a, a value of a whopping $2 trillion two years after they were valued at a trillion. And you, as you quite rightly pointed out, they dipped below a trillion in March. So yeah. they've doubled since then. Uh, but it's an extraordinary feat. And they're notable for being the first company ever to achieve, um, you know, a trillion dollar valuation. But more interestingly, since this COVID swoon, these stocks that we've talked about, the FANGs, these top five stocks, um, they've rallied significantly in the first seven months. So forget about, you know, so that includes the fall, doesn't so it? I, yeah. I, that, that, so I'm I'm talking about since the first of January, these top five heavyweight stocks, tech stocks, um, 
they have rallied a collective 37%. So that's on average, their market cap's gone up by 37%. While the rest of the constituents of the S&P 500, i.e. the other 495, are down 6%. So we might be making a record high, but the majority of stocks definitely are not. And, you know, there are problems with it, of course, uh, because, you know, when you look at the detail, you now know why many analysts refer to this as a very crowded trade because, you know, to have made money this year, you'd have had to, certainly in the US, if you were in the US and only investing in US stocks, you'd have had to put a significant lump of your investment pot into just five stocks. And that's and Tesla. That, and Tesla, <laughs> that's a very good point. Well, the Tesla, strictly speaking, is not in the S&P 500 until it's, well, it's, it had, uh, well, it's had four quarters of um, positive, uh, of profitable results but i'm not sure whether it has been included but if it is included it might well be oh god i don't know there's going to be a t in it i'm not sure what sort of acronym that's going to come <laughs> up with but the, it, i i i shudder to think um but anyway um, you know talk about investing just in five stocks you know most financial advisors would definitely never advise you to do to do anything like that for obvious reasons um and Actually, there is a counter argument to do that, you know, that, and what do the bulls say to all of this? Many, many of the other stocks in less affected sectors, I, as long as these stocks aren't in leisure, travel or tourism, they're probably undervalued compared to these stocks and have some catching up to do. And I would probably say, oh, no, I'd just be a bit worried about the fangs falling, to be honest. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's interesting. And then uh, just to, I know you, you, we've got a, not much time left, but there was an article in the FT uh, this morning that's highlighted uh, how one way this sentiment is now because bets against US stocks and that's where um, investors or, or funds, uh, hedge funds, they'll borrow stock and and sell them, you know, looking for the, a, a fall in the market. And the number of bets against US stocks, and this is measured um, by what's called short interest as a percentage of the market capitalization, it's dropped to a 15 year low. So it's yeah. there are very few people who are betting on a fall in the u.s stock market and uh, as i've mentioned that you Aiden, sounds like a good time to short it let me get to my trading account quick it, it it's a warning sign if ever there was yeah the contrarian trade is often the right one let's face it yeah yeah fascinating times in which we live uh, that's for sure um yeah. jerry i think that's pretty much it is it uh, anything else uh no that's that's it well i could talk forever adrian but yeah that's, that, that's enough <laughs> yeah. for this one <laughs> okay um well we're going to come back in a um a little bit later on and we're going to do our uh, review of the events for the week ahead so still quite a few things for us to sharpen our pencils for uh for the week ahead various economic updates and of course uh the um uh, the jackson hole symposium which jerry mentioned no, we, we're going to talk about that a little little bit later on on the trading uh, review um, podcast in a second. In the meantime, there is an even bigger event or three bigger events coming up this week. I say firmly tongue in cheek uh, because we're hosting a few live events this week, which you'd be um, very welcome to attend. Uh, in these events, we'll be teaching you um, some of our trading strategies and how we take our new foundation uh, students um, teach them some rules to help them identify some great trading opportunities on the FX index and commodity markets. And if you'd like to come along and help boost your trading results by learning three simple steps for identifying high probability turning points, then make sure you come along to one of these live events. Like I say, we've got three coming up this week. You can go to our website, uh, short link here, bit.ly slash learnts. So bit.ly slash learnts. 
go to that uh, web page there, get yourself booked in, and we look forward to seeing you online. But otherwise, everybody have a great week's trading for myself and Jerry, um, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now.